Hi, welcome to The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Always glad when you can join us. The Landscape is, of course, presented with the support of Delta Dental of Ohio. You can find out more by visiting deltadentaloh.com. After a highly successful regular season, which the Cleveland Cavaliers won more than 50 games for the first time since 2016-2017, the team takes the floor Saturday night at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse as they host the New York Knicks in the best of seven opening round playoff series. We're glad to be joined by our sports business reporter, Joe Scalzo, to talk a bit about this past season, but more importantly about the playoffs. Joe, thanks for being with us. Oh, it's uh, thanks for having me on, Dan. It's always great to be here. Quick look back at the regular season. I think the big story of the year was the acquiring of Donovan Mitchell. Sometimes you get a star and it's great to have the talent, but it can mess up the team's chemistry, but that didn't seem to be the case. No, he fit in perfectly. I, I think um, it was kind of a dream scenario for what, what unfolded for the Cavs. And, and uh, you know, the Timberwolves picked up uh, Rudy Gobert from, from, the, from the Jazz in a big trade as well, and that went disastrously. So um, you never know quite how these are going to go. But for the Cavs standpoint, he, you know, he was an all-star. He was their leading scorer. He fit in seamlessly with um, the team culturally and as well as his performance. And they, they made that jump, you know, into the, in the better teams of the NBA that they were hoping to make when they made that deal. So you really did think, I mean, I thought I really saw some growth from where they were last year to this year in terms of, you know, just a higher level of basketball. Yeah, and I think the, I think the big story of the second half of the season was just that Evan Mobley made a leap that everyone kind of thought he would make in the first half of the season. It took a little bit longer, but by the end of the year, he you know, he was playing at an all-star level. He's a defensive player of the year candidate and so his growth was was really the other thing that went along with Donovan Mitchell's acquisition that that I think kind of elevated them probably not quite into the, the level of of NBA championship contenders but a team that can can solidly compete to be in the second round of the playoffs and 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 can compete for years to come does it take a player a superstar player like Donovan Mitchell to get you to that level I used to argue with Cavs fans back in the old days you know Chris Mills and Bobby Phil's nice players but they're not going to get you to the finals do you need Donovan Mitchell or a player like that to get there yeah, and I mean, historically, you, you, you definitely have, whether it was the, the late 90s era that you were talking about when Jordan was dominant and or now, uh, I think you typically need two guys that are on that level, and, and it's better to even have three. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, Darius Garland still, you know, is still kind of, you know, in that conversation to be that third star too. He's an all-star level player, you know, so, but, but Donovan's got the guy that really elevated him because he's, he's not only a 30 point a game score on a given night, but he, he's been an all-star. He's been in the playoffs. You know, he's a little bit older than the core of this group. And I think um, he, he's going to be the one that has to lead them, you know, against the Knicks. And if they, you know, advance to the next round. So yeah, I, I think he helps them in so many ways um, beyond just scoring the basketball. And, and if I just made one comment, watching Donovan Mitchell move, with the basketball makes me so jealous that there are human beings that can do that stuff. (laughs) And I can't, I watch him and I'm like, wow, he looks like he's on a trampoline, you know, half the time. And, and so I enjoy watching him play, but I'm very jealous uh, that I don't get to move like that. I think it was a game against the San Antonio Spurs that I watched where he, I mean, when you talk about unstoppable in terms of his offensive output, I mean, they were had a hand in his face every time he went to the basket or dropped, you know, he took take a fallback shot and it didn't make any difference. Yeah, he's just, he, he's he's scary and he's so much fun. And there's so many fun players in the NBA, even even without like just the level of, of playoff experience and leadership he brings, just watching him on a night-night basis. You know, there was a, a something on social media just asking if after one year he's already one of one of fans' five favorite Cavs of all time. And most people said yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I think him and... Him and Kyrie and LeBron and Mark Price, you know, those guys, 
those are legendary, but most of those guys were there for multiple years. I think Donovan Mitchell has already kind of solidified himself as one of those most fun guys to watch. Um, and so we'll see if they can they can continue you know, in the playoffs. What's the injury situation for the Cavs as they head into this series? Well, Isaac Okoro has been dealing with a leg injury. Um, and, you know, he's kind of the X factor from them. Just because when he makes that corner three and he can add maybe 10, 12 points, they're a different team, and small forward has been kind of the weak spot for them all year, and so I think they need him to play. He's a he's a really good defensive player, and um, you know he's the one guy that I think people are looking at and saying, okay, he needs to be healthy, he needs to play, and, and you know he's a guy that's known for having a really really hard work ethic. I'm sure if there's any way he can be out there, he will. But uh, that's kind of the wild card heading into this series. The Cavs face the Knicks four times during the regular season. The Knicks took three out of four. Does that mean anything as the playoffs roll around? <laughs> it might and it might not. I remember, you know, my first my first year watching the NBA um, was I think it was the '89 season. It was the year that, that Jordan made the shot, and I think I think the Cavs swept them that year in the regular season and ended up losing in five, famously. Um, so sometimes it matters, and sometimes it doesn't. I think in this case. I don't know that the Cavs are sweating that too much. The, the latest time they played, I think Jared Allen was out. I think Isaac Okora was out. So there was a little bit of a, a you know a team that wasn't quite full. But you know, it's just once you get to the playoffs, you need guys like Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland, who are shot makers, who are guys that can break down a defense when the other team knows their plays. And and so I think that's why you know people see the Cavs as having the edge. And plus, they were such a good home team. So. There's a lot of reasons to say you could ignore that factor, but I think if you're the Knicks, you'd much rather be a team that, that won the series than, than didn't. But, yeah, we'll see if that was something that just was the product of a you know regular season's up and downs or if it was something that you know the Knicks had their number. You mentioned the issue of you know the, you need scores who are going to be able to make baskets when the other team knows what you're going to do. And the playoffs are so different. It's not like baseball. You know, a series you play the same team four games in a row. Rarely, if ever, in the NBA do you play a team twice in a row until you get to the playoffs. So how much different is that for the team? I mean, they do get a day off between every game and all that kind of thing, but it's, it has to be different looking at the same opponent night after night. Yeah, and I think you saw that, you know, when LeBron was here and the Cavs, you know, when the Cavs making long playoff runs, you know, so much of, of, of what they do has been scouted. They've seen each other a couple times, you know, by the middle of the series. And so, yeah, a lot of times it just comes down to individual excellence and, um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's different because, like you said, in the NBA, you're basically playing a different team every night. There has been some some adjustments to the schedule where there was a little bit more of a you play the same team um, two nights in a row. But and it's different. And, and you know, the other thing about it is sometimes you don't really know who's a player, like who's a big time player until you start getting to those times of series. You know, and you saw in the finals sometimes even um, – the guys that just that just couldn't hang at that level. So I think it'll be interesting to see, especially you know the, the Cavs' younger players like Isaac Okoro, you know, and those X Factor guys like Jetty Osmond and, and you know even Dean Wade or Lamar Stevens um, to see if they can elevate their game and play at that level. Because I think the Cavs feel really good about their top four players, but um, we're going to find out a lot about those other guys um, over the next week or so. This episode of The Landscape is brought to you by Delta Dental of Ohio. With offices in Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Dublin, Delta Dental of Ohio is proud to be an industry leader in dental benefits. Together with our customers, providers, and employees, we build a higher standard of oral health care in our communities. And we are more than dental. 
At Delta Dental of Ohio, we work with entrepreneurs, innovators, and changemakers who are committed to improving the health and well-being of all Buckeyes. Together, we are building healthy, smart, vibrant communities for all. Cranes Cleveland Sports Business reporter Joe Scalzo joins us today for The Landscape. We're talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers and their playoff chances as they take the court Saturday night to face the Knicks here at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Joe, one of the good things about the regular season and why it matters is you want to get that home court advantage with the Cavs were able to achieve. I heard somewhere that if you win the first game, three out of four times, you end up taking the series. So having home court has to be a pretty big deal in the NBA. Yeah, and especially for a team like the Cavs um, that were pretty average on the road. You know, I think they I think they had one of the best teams. They were 31 and 10 on the, at home and then 20 and 21 on the road. And then you look at Madison Square Garden as a, a is a tough place to play just because that's such a great basketball town. So I think for them, it was really crucial. Um, some, some of their, um, their supporting guys play a lot better at Rocket, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse than they do um, when they're on the road. So, yeah, I mean, part, part of that stat, Dan, I think is just that the team that usually wins the first game is the better team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why they won the first game. So sometimes, you know, like they, 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 it's maybe not quite because they have home court advantage, but just because they're better. But yeah, I think you hit on something, especially this Cavs team. They've just been so good at home. And, and you know, Cavs fans are really loud. That arena gets really, really loud. And so um, I think that's a, that's a big boost for, for some of the younger guys who are new to this moment. And uh, we'll see how they handle it. There's been a lot of talk outside of Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs not really having much playoff experience, if any. But if you look at the Knicks, that's not exactly a team that spent a lot of time in the playoffs either. We just lost Willis Reed. I mean, the last time they won, it was 1973. I mean, they've been back since then, but it's been a long time. So, I mean, are both teams sort of coming in with not a lot of playoff experience? Yeah, absolutely. It's a good matchup for them in the first round. Um, uh, Although those early 70s Knicks teams, I feel like... um, they must have won like 10 titles in three years because there's been so many stories written about him. Uh, but yeah, two. it's been a long drop for them as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's the thing. Like last year in the play-on tournament, they, they got, um, you know, they got a couple of ma- matchups that were tough. They got Brooklyn, they got the Hawks. Both of them had a little bit more playoff experience than they did, or, you know, frankly, the Cavs didn't have any playoff experience. So sometimes that, that, that matchup doesn't go your way. But I think in this case, this is a good scenario for the Cavs because they should get past the Knicks. And if they, if they don't, then that tells you a lot about where they are as a team and maybe that they're not as, as far ahead as they, as they thought they were. But yeah, this is not a juggernaut. This is not a team that's expected to make a run for a championship. So um, there's no reason why the Cavs shouldn't be able to get past this team. Uh, I don't see them getting past whoever they play in the next round. Uh, but uh, at least in this case, they should get past the, the Knicks because... Um, they're not playoff experience, and they're not like super talented. They have some guys that are that are good players, but not uh, world beaters. So, if the Cavs are going to sort of ride Donovan Mitchell through the playoffs, is it Jalen Brunson the man for the Knicks? Is he the main guy we need to watch? Their guard, Jalen Brunson, um, Julius Randle's, you know, a power forward for them. That's that's good as well. Um, R.J. Barrett's a guy that can score it. Um, you know, Emmanuel quickly is good too, but. But uh, yeah, I mean, Jalen Brunson's been a big addition to them, um, and he's a guy that, that can kind of be an X factor as well. Um, he, he leads the team in assists, and then Julius Randle, you know, leads them in points and, and rebounds. But yeah, and, and you know, again, those are good players, but those aren't like Giannis level players, Kevin Durant level players, where you say, boy, no matter what we do, we can't stop them. So you know, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think you know the Cavs defensively. Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland are not strong defenders, uh, even though the team as a whole is strong. 
So that could be a little bit of an issue. Um, but, uh, you know, Cavs had the best defense in the NBA this year, and, and uh, they play, you know, at a pace that is very playoff-like. They're the slowest team in the league. They do a lot of half-court stuff. So I don't think it'll be quite as big of an adjustment. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But, but again, you know, good players are the Knicks, but not, not world beaters. What's the situation? How do tickets work during the playoffs? Do season ticket holders get first crack, Adam? How does that work? Yeah, season tickets holders get the first crack, and um, and then the Cavs also, you know, just have like where they want you to sign up, so they can have your email address and your phone number on on you know on file if you're not a season ticket holder, and that gives you playoff priority as well. And and, and to my understanding, I don't think the game is sold out yet. The Cavs sold all their all their uh, you know home games out this year with all 41. Um, I went on SeatGeek. And I, I saw, I think, just some regular price tickets. I haven't seen anything from the Cavs saying that it's sold out. So I'd be surprised if it isn't by Saturday night. But, but yeah, like, the, you know, and the Cavs, they've already sold out their full season tickets for next year. They're on pace to sell out their partial season tickets. They're in a really good spot from a fan standpoint. So, uh, you know, I would expect, you know, kind of the same thing. They're going to have a huge amount of fans in their playoff games. And they're also going to have a huge amount of fans, you know, coming back for next year, regardless of what happens. So for those of us who aren't going to be able to attend, what's TV availability like? Is, will all the games be televised? Will we be able to watch them? Yeah, all the games will be televised. Um, I'm not quite sure when or who is going to televise Saturday's game. I don't know that the, the NBA has announced that yet. And one note, to, to, one thing to note, if it's not like a national game, like on TNT or ESPN or something, then I think it's going to be on Valley Sports, Valley Sports Ohio. So if you're someone who, who gets that channel or you had the streaming service, um, the directed to consumer streaming service. I think you'll be, you might be able to watch a game or two, but they're still sorting that out. They have two, two play on playing games tonight and, and they're kind of sorting out who is going to be those seventh and eighth teams, you know, heading into the playoffs. So we'll find out a little bit more, I think of the days ahead. And I'm sure it's something I'll be writing about. How do playoffs do in tele- television ratings? Are they, are they well watched? Uh, I think people get a skewed, <laughs> idea of, of what ratings should be because they watched Michael Jordan in the 90s and people <laughs> think that was normal. Um, <laughs> yeah, he turned on television. So. I, I think, yeah. And, and, you know, I think in the NBA they do well. The finals, they don't pop, you know, like the way that, um, you know, even the NCAA final pops or, you know, NFL games pop. They, they, they you know, I think the NFL or the NBA's strength is more just in their night-to-night basis. Um, but again... Sometimes it just comes down to stars. If LeBron James is playing against Steph Curry, then it's they, they do really well. If you know Milwaukee is playing Memphis this year, um, it could be a little bit of struggle just because you know the league is driven by star power. Yeah, it's so it's so you know it just so much depends on on who the who the players are. Whereas I think at the NFL, it doesn't matter. People watch no matter what. And I totally understand why they do it. But for those of us on the in this time zone, the game start at nine o'clock sometimes. And it's like, I got to go to bed, y'all. You know, and I know people in California are just getting out of work. But even the NCAA where you see that, where it's like, how do you get young kids excited about this when the game starts so late? Yeah. And I, I, I just, um, I wonder what it's like to be on the West Coast. It must be amazing to be able to watch every game, like at a reasonable hour. The Super Bowl probably starts at like 3.30. Um, you know, no World Series game goes past 10 o'clock. Uh, you know, it must be amazing. Yeah, I think on the East Coast sometimes, you know, I think last night as we taped this, Dan, you know, it was it was Timberwolves and Lakers and it started at 10 o'clock and, you know, you'd love to see LeBron, you know, play in a play-in game and, you know, went down to the wire, but but most of us are just, you're going to go to bed, you know, so unless it's really big. <laughs> right. So I, it must make sense to them, 
But I think as in the East Coast and the Midwest here, we're kind of like, boy, why don't you start the games at like seven? That would be great. That'd be great. So finally, if the Cavs get past the Knicks, what would be the likely matchup? Do we know? Or is that still to be determined? I think they'd probably play the the, the Bucks, okay. um, which is not a good. No. <laughs> we we're talking about how the Knicks are a good matchup. That would not be a good matchup. Uh, the Bucks are really good, uh, you know. And frankly, it, you know, the NBA has been skewed toward the West for decades, and this year I think probably the three best teams are all in the East: the Bucks, the Celtics, the 76ers are all really good, and then you know out West. The Nuggets are okay. The Grizzlies might be good, but there's no like world beater. So um, no matter who the the Cavs play in the second round, you know it was going to be a tough tough ask for them. But you know this this year was about taking a step forward from last year, making the you know the play in to going to make sure you got like home court advantage this year. And I think they accomplished what they could. And um, you never know what'll happen. But the NBA, it's tough to pull upsets. Usually, I think of of the of the major sports in North America, that's the that's the one sport where the better team almost always wins. You never know. We'll see what happens. Joe Scalzo, always a pleasure to have you join us. Hopefully we're going to come back and talk about the NBA Finals here in a few weeks. Keep your fingers crossed. That would be great. I would definitely love that. (laughs) Joe Scalzo reports on the business of sports for Cranes Cleveland. He joined us today for the Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. We are presented with the support of Delta Dental of Ohio. You can find out more at deltadentaloh.com. I'm Dan Paletta. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk again soon. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.